Hey mum, what are you watching? Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of our fortnightly or almost fortnightly podcast. My name is Christine and I'm joined again today by my brilliant mother, Linda. Today we're going to be discussing the new season of ABC Comedy Rake, what we've been reading, watching and listening to. And then we're going to discuss the incredible love and devotion we feel for our local library. Hey mum, how are you going? I'm going well, thank you, Dal. How are you going? Really well, thank you. Um, your voice seems pretty much better. It is. It's just momentary lapses. Sure. And what was it? Did you describe it as laryngitis? Yes, I did. Because I just, when I notified our listeners on Facebook, I just said you'd lost your voice because laryngitis just sounded so serious. Ah, no, just inflammations of your larynx. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're better. Yes, thank you. How's your day been? Oh, it's been a gorgeous day, but it was very, very cold. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I was saw on Facebook that it was absolutely freezing in Melbourne today. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I'm currently recording from South Australia. I'm sitting in my car. Um, because I'm sharing the house with two other people and so I needed a quiet space to record. So I'm sitting in the car out the front of the house I'm staying at in South Australia watching the very, very last of the sunset. Oh, how lovely. That's pretty idyllic actually. Mm. Okay, so before we get started, actually, one thing I just wanted to do, um, as you are aware... My co-presenter isn't exactly doing her equal share of show promotion. Um, so I'm just going to ask anyone who is listening and who does listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and a review, it would only take a couple of minutes and it would be super appreciated um, so that we can start, you know, having a star rating of our podcast, which I think will be very cool. Um, you can instruct dad to do that as well. Okay. Now, our first topic. Yes. Rake. Uh, so the fifth and final series of Rake has recently started on the ABC. It's uh, airing on Sunday nights at 8.30. We've already seen the first two episodes and it's available on iView as it's been released. Uh, the series centres on Cleaver Green, who is played by Richard Roxburgh, and he is kind of a very enigmatic, almost smarmy, self-destructive criminal barrister um, who's fi- who finds himself in, in an increasingly bizarre situations and failures, uh, all of which seem to be completely of his own making. And we're in the final – we've just entered the final season. We've seen the first two episodes. And basically Cleaver has just entered federal politics – on a platform of standing for nothing. And the sex worker he'd had a previous relationship with has just had a baby with his son and et cetera, et cetera, series of strange things that have happened on opening of the fifth season. Uh, I guess I'll just want to hear what you think of the show and the season so far, Mum. Well, I mean, I've enjoyed... All the other epi- all the other seasons, 
Mm-hmm. So I sat down to watch it expecting to enjoy it, and I did, and I enjoyed. There's lots of the cast are familiar, and I like them, like yes. their work. Yes. And um, it, I did want to sit down and watch the second episode. Okay. Mm. Yes. So I'm kind of I getting mean, from- it was amusing, it was funny, and given that what's gone on in um <coughs> in um Canberra over the last week. It was sort mm-hmm. of I enjoyed the sort of vague thing of they're just taking the piss. Yes, actually that politics. I hadn't actually thought of it from an Australian politics perspective but you're so right I I mean I was just kind of getting frustrated at how incredibly absurd everything was but when we have our real life politicians being absurd then it doesn't seem to it seems less odd I suppose that we find humor in this kind of tv show Mm. and I mean he sort of tripped into fell over into um heading for parliament, didn't he? I mean... Well, I think he decided to run because to have vengeance on his sister who was running um, for the National Party. Um, And he was so pissed off about that that he was just decided to run just to piss her off. Yeah, yeah. So we are just talking about the first episode, aren't we? Well, no, I think we can discuss the the second episode. Okay. Because we have seen it. Mm. Um, if there's something in there that you particularly well, want I'm to mention. Well, I'm just becoming more and more annoyed with um, the story part, the part of the, the show about his ex-wife and ex-girlfriend. It's just too ridiculous. I just don't like the characters. Um, they're just annoying. So you're finding the wife and ex-girlfriend annoying. That's your, that's yeah. one of your central criticisms. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can kind of see that. But I'm, what I'm probably finding more most problematic is the misogyny around his relationship to them rather than them in themselves being annoying. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I take it for granted. It's full of misogyny and all that sort of stuff because but he is sleepy. Yeah, and I get that, but don't you think the way that he kind of just gets away with everything he does can ju- and can just be so smarmy and always kind of lands on his feet, just smacks of this kind of incredible white middle-class privilege and it's the fact that we're kind of celebrating that is just a little bit problematic as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see what you're seeing and I can hear what you're saying. Um, but I'm just looking at it as it is entertainment. Yeah. Light, breezy and... Look, yeah, I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, and I mean, I've always loved the show. I never Mm. remember finding the humour particularly problematic, so I don't know if the fact that I'm finding it so problematic now is a reflection of me becoming more critical when I'm watching TV shows or maybe 
I just don't think that this show has the plot or storyline to back it up. So that's meaning the problematic aspects of it are becoming more and more apparent. I think Actually, one thing that- sorry. Go for it. Uh, the storyline thing, yes. The ex-wife and ex-girlfriend, that, that whole storyline thing just is annoying. The, the, the ex-girlfriend having this thing of putting um, cameras up all over the house and whatever. The ex-wife with her book and talking to her working as a therapist, talking to her client. And there were other parts, especially in the second episode, where I felt maybe the, the writers had a day off that day. I mean, it's sort of like there were just different parts of it that just got a bit sloppy, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. And, look, I was reflecting back on what may have changed about the show and yeah. such a key thing, I can't believe I didn't think about it straight away, is in the earlier seasons of the show, a yeah. lot of the storylines for each individual episode was actually centred around the case that Cleaver was working on at the time. Yeah. And that's what gave you a lot of the content. So while we were exposed to you know, his relationships with his ex-wife, with his best friend Barney, with you know all these kind of things, they were actually yeah. kind of auxiliary to the story of, of the criminal case he was working on, which yeah. was extremely entertaining usually. And so mm. I think trying to make this the whole show float just on the series of dysfunctional relationships, it's Mm-mm. just kind of, uh, I don't know that I've got time for it. And I would honestly consider not even watching any more of the season. Yeah. yeah. I'm really that unimpressed. Okay. Um, well, no, I will watch the next episode. Um, okay. But, Okay. So that is the comedy series Rake. It's currently Mm -hmm. airing on ABC on Sunday nights and you can watch it on iView, although I would not recommend it. Okay, uh, moving on to some listener feedback. Um, So um, our feedback this week is from Liz Billman, who is the lady I was telling you about who said she really liked the podcast, who's the president of the Triathlon Club. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So she is American and she actually had a comment in relation to our discussion on American cultural overreach. Um, And she commented that when she went on exchange to Germany when she was 16, she remembers feeling quite disappointed at how, like, prevalent American music and movies and books were and that, when she first arrived, when she'd been so excited about kind of seeing this other culture. Yeah. And she did say that eventually she did find the German content, but it took a little bit more effort. Mm -hmm. And I think that fits in well with what my thoughts are in terms of American cultural overreach is that it does come down to in Australia, having to make more of an effort to find Australian content. And I kind of believe that often that doesn't always happen because Australians don't really have a lot of faith that there is quality content available. But your comments was that that's kind of improving. Oh, very definitely. Very, very, very definitely. Yeah. I mean, there was a time where you'd almost be a little bit embarrassed if something Australian came on. Cultural cringe, yeah. embarrassed about the accent yeah. Well, just, yeah, it was ridiculous. Mm. So, so hopefully now we're moving 
towards appreciating the quality of Australian content and therefore making more of an effort to look for it, even though if it doesn't come as easily. As and also there's the more of content. it. There is yeah. more of it. Yep. But that's why it's definitely important. No cuts to the ABC. Yeah. Not that we're a political podcast, but just saying. Mm. Okay. okay. Reading, watching and listening too. Did you want to go first? Okay. Well, this week I made a point of listening to Aretha Franklin. Oh, yes. One of her albums, Soul Classics. It was done in 1967. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, it's truly beautiful. And it's just well configured from start mm-hmm. to finish because it started the, the first few songs. And, of course, it, you know, a soul song, lots about love and whatever. But it moved on with the songs sort of the anger thing, you know, don't mess with me because I don't need you necessarily. Yeah. And move on thing. I won't be um, your slave, your doormat or whatever else in her songs. It was very, very good. In fact, when I watched a um, <clears throat> one of the... Um, things they had on her just after her death. I don't know that I fully appreciated how involved she was in politics. Oh, I definitely and didn't. Apparently just gave millions away very quietly in support of her community and, um, yeah, political issues. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Cool. I should listen to some Aretha, actually. Yeah. So that's what I've been listening to besides, yep. you know, the radio and, of course, just lis- have been listening lots to what's been going on in Canberra and whatever else and just just amazed at what's been going on. Yeah. And the book, I'm quite excited about this because I'm hoping that you actually know this girl, <coughs> should I say young woman, it's Miss X Yugoslavia by Sofia Stefanovic, who went to McRobb's oh. and went to Melbourne. And, like, she came out from – she's Serbian, from Serbian background. Mm. And her dad was in IT and her mother was a psychologist and she had a young sister. But it was just such – I read it with the same pleasure that I did – who wrote The Girls? Girls? Oh, girl. um, Yes, I know who you mean. Um, Not Nina. um, Well, anyway, it'll probably pop up when I'm – yeah. I read it with the same pleasure as I read her book. It was accessible – that's it, yeah. Um, it was accessible. It was educational too because it really spoke a lot about um, Yugoslavia and how it's, yeah. you know, made up of all these different countries and 
Yeah, it was just amazing. And would she have been at McRob around the same time as me? Yes, or is she... I, I looked her up on the um, – she's um, in New York now and she's runs a literary women's um, – what are they called? Like a group, a writing group kind of thing. Yeah, oh. yeah. A popular literary salon. Oh. Women of Letters, New York. Oh, wow. And because um, I was thinking about when the war there was on, maybe she would have been a bit older. Anyway, I looked up her site to get some information. And I'm not a good researcher. And so unless it pops out at me straight away. This book actually was published in 2017. Okay. So, 2008. Yeah. We probably no need to keep moving. Age. I know, but I don't know, but I will look that up, but we probably need to keep moving. Okay. Yeah, so what have you been watching? Um I have well I've been watching Rake and of course from the library, the good old library, I've been watching a couple of um serial things that I've really, really enjoyed. Yeah. And help it, but I've started watching suits. Oh, really? And, I mean, that's everything that we don't like, really. It's very American. Yeah. It, it's uh, about a law, legal firm or whatever. But I love the music. It makes me want to dance. Well, that's good. And also it's got that young woman who married um, Prince William. Yes. Prince Harry. Prince Harry. Yes. And... Um, Yeah, I'm enjoying that. And this other one, Rectify, about a person who was wrongfully sentenced for murder. And again, the music sort of gets to me. And I, that's when I was thinking, my God, you have to listen to a CD. You can't be just enjoying the music from DVDs, shows that you're watching. Yeah, and that's yeah. That's to me. So yeah. that's when I got a rethrow out because I thought I should pay pay some respect to her. Yeah. Now, just a minute, where did I put my book? Ah, oh, here we go. Um, but as usual, you know, just watching the news and stuff on the telly and the gardening show. Yeah. And okay. I haven't had anything that. I enjoyed as much as I did the last DVD, The Drop. Golly, yeah, was... right. Yes, yeah. I still haven't seen that. I have to make more of an effort to look for it in the library. Mm, mm. Well, that's where I got it. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. are we going on to about the library? Well, no, because I haven't done my reading, watching, and listening to, have I? Oh, I Sorry, I'm rushing you. Go on, please. What have you been listening to or reading? Okay, so listening to, I've got a album recommendation, which I mm-hmm. believe you actually own already. Um, but I was listening to it when we were driving for work the other day, and I just thought this is so beautiful. Uh, it's called She Will Have Her Way, Songs of Tim and Neil Finn. Okay. And it's basically a compilation CD of a bunch of different um, very famous female art 
artists such as Missy Higgins, Claire Bowditch, Cosi Chambers, Sarah Blasco, Natalie Imbruglia, who have got to get, they've each recorded a song that was written by Tim and Neil Finn. Oh. And it just gives you a real appreciation. I mean, they're obviously all really great artists and it's great because it means the style of each song is very different. Um, yeah, which is cool. Like that's what I like about compilation albums. Like the sound is very diverse. But in yeah. not only that is you really get to appreciate just how amazing the lyrics of Tim and Neil, the Tim and Neil Finn songs are. Just so many songs which people will be really familiar with when they listen to it. But um, I don't know if it's whether them being sung by someone else makes you maybe listen to the lyrics closer or something. But just really beautiful. Um, songs. So, yeah, She Will Have Her Way, songs of Tim and Neil Finn. Okay. Um, reading. I've actually been doing so much reading, Mum. Oh, I'm so pleased. Yeah, so, like, just a ton of reading. I'm, I've am i read, like, two and a half books since the last time we talked. Oh, my um, goodness. What's happened to you? Why is this happening? Well, I went out bush for work somewhere that didn't have reception. And uh, so it was just a really good chance to start reading. And then now I've got in the swing of it. I'm kind of reaching for my book when I do have spare time. Ah. Did you so, have a book with you when you were out there? Had you taken a book or did you just have to find something that was there? No, no, no. I'd taken books in anticipation of that happening. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, the one I would recommend is called Ninu, Grandmother's Law. And it's a really oh, yes. Yeah, that's the one you're sending to your Auntie Trish. Oh, yes, yeah, that's right. That's why you've heard yeah. of it. So it's a beautiful memoir with illustrations, not with illustrations, sorry, with photos, lots mm. of photos um, of an Indigenous woman from the Anangu Pinjara, Young Pinjara lands, So, mm. which is actually where I am at the moment. And um, MPY Women's Council that I work for had a lot to do with public, getting the book published. And so oh. when I saw it at the library the other day, I thought, oh, grab it and it'll be, you know, interesting to read about it because I'd been hearing about it a lot from work. And mm. um, Nura Ward, who, whose memoir it is, actually used to work for MPY Women's Council. And so it was just such a great, mm. for me, it was such a great insight and context for like the work I'm starting to do and like just mm. give me a bit more of a cultural understanding yep of you know just the area and the life and the changes that have happened so rapidly over such a short time for people living out in remote communities um but I think it would be incredibly engaging for anyone actually just a mm. really really great um story so Ninu grandmother's law okay um yeah and then uh, watching, I I mean, I've been watching a whole lot of stuff as usual, mm-hmm. um, but I just need to give one final mention to Jack Irish, just in case, like, people <laughs> haven't seen it. It's on iView until the 11th of September. Mm. And, you know, obviously it finished about three weeks ago and that's why we now have Rake. But I just really highly recommend it, especially I was thinking in the context of the other seasons. Like if you've watched any of the other Jack Irish stuff, then you just have to watch it. 
and it's I think it still holds its weight on its own but just seeing I was just gonna say that it's one of those ones that it's not been oh god they should have stopped with the last series but it's it's been yeah excellent I've enjoyed it yeah I do have a feeling that that season might be the end of it Mm, um mm. just because Peter Temple's only recently passed away and because I as I said before, but this isn't an incredibly, this is not an incredibly well-researched opinion. I believe that that was the first of the series that hadn't been directly related to a novel. So I'm just oh. kind of feeling that could be the end. But just seeing Jack and Linda lying together on the bed at the end of the mm. series, like I almost cried. I was just so <laughs> emotional. And I just just really appreciate it as a as a series and just, the emotional connection I have to like their relationship and the characters. And I just think it's a really special show. So Jack yeah. Irish, watch it before the 11th of September on iView. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our third and final segment for this podcast is our local library. Um... So it was a bit of a weird topic choice because I think like one thing I've been conscious of is, you know, it's good to pick things that are going to create some element of dramatic tension in the show because we'd have different views on it. And obviously I know we don't have any differentiation in views on how much we love the library, Mm. but I still wanted to do the topic anyway, because I just feel like my peers, like a lot of people that I know and respect and think are great, just do not, fully appreciate how great the library is and do not fully utilise their local library. And I just think that's a travesty. And I feel like if I can just make one or two more people more frequent visitors of their local library, then I will feel like that would be a huge achievement. Well, I think it would be too. Now, these people you're talking about, were they kids that, like, went to the library as little ones? Um, I would assume most of them would have gone. But yeah. these people, a lot of people I know, are book buyers, you see. Ah, uh, you see, I'm such a skinflint. I've never gotten to the book buying business. No. Well, so I can't say that because I did have a little stage of book buying, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Because I do have a little collection at home. But I honestly, anyway, why don't you just tell me a few of your thoughts that come to mind when you think about your local library? Well, I'm going to read you my ode to the library, okay? Fantastic. Yes, please the do. The library. It's a haven, a place of calm, but yet the centre of the world's knowledge. A place full of stories, ideas, colour and music. Knowledge that can answer your questions. The answers that can make you free. How's that? That's so amazing. But there's no rhyme or reason rhyme to it. But when I looked up Ode, I did my research like your father suggested. (laughs) There's nothing about rhythm and rhyme. It's all to do with it being about a specific thing. And it's about Well, I think that's I think that's really beautiful, Mum. Oh, thank you, darling. No, I do love the library. I love the library and because I well, you know, I go quite frequently. And It's not quite as pleasant as it once was because of rapid financial cuts and whatever. There used to always be, 
well, there used to be a desk there. There's no longer a desk there. Well, there's one halfway down the floor. But as you move towards it, generally, the librarian who's sitting behind it looks at you with terror in their eyes <laughs> as to what oh. might be after them for. But there used oh, to always be someone that you can have a chat to. There's no chatting at the library now, not with people that work there. Right. They either run and hide in the office or avoid <laughs> eye contact. That's really interesting that you say yeah. that because why, why would they have any reason to run? I'm not sure. But the thing is it's, it's changed completely. It's like they can be moved from what lo- whatever library they're working in now, things like that. So yeah. they're not as comfortable and as secure as they once were. Yes. But there's still the place, the building is still yes. as welcoming. There's comfortable little corners for people uh-huh. to, and it's so nice to go there and see a group having a little meeting or something, not a big group, having a meeting or something. People coming in, possibly even to do an interview. Um, and also when the kids' story time is on. Yes. That's always nice. But the computers are nearly always got someone sitting there. Yes. And people down in the base, what do you call those things, corrals or whatever they are, base down the end doing study or because they require a quiet space to see to something. And, I mean, I walk out of the library with my bag bulging with DVDs, magazines, um, a couple of books, and it's all free. I love it. I know. It's all free. Like, I just can't get over that. Um, I was – I've just been – I got a series – like, a whole bunch of DVDs lately, which I've, you know, absolutely – just binged on and you just go back and they're all free and um the cds for a while there i was grabbing a couple of cds once a week or once every two weeks every time i was in so then when i was driving around town i just chuck my cds on to listen to um yeah the dvds the books the cds i already said that sorry The, the lego we have all these really cool lego sets in our library. Is that um, in the children's section? No, it's just in the centre as you come in. I haven't actually used it, but I'm quite tempted. Like quite intricate Lego sets, which you can just – there's a huge big space for you to use them there. But you can't take them home. No, sorry, you can't take them home unless no, you use no. at the library. See, we um, also have a children's toy library. See, I believe we have one of those as well, but it's not housed the same space as the library yeah yeah but we have like a movie a, a, a big tv screen which is always playing a movie and people sit with headphones on oh that's and gorgeous what, it's it's actually so gorgeous and then when like the when it finishes i don't know they someone asks the librarian what they want to put on next so i reckon basically every time i go in there'd be at least three or four people yeah. sitting just watching a movie together oh that is so good and I think one thing that I was reflecting on is that because I do live in a town, unfortunately, which is quite segregated, yeah, it's actually a really nice space because it's very a genuinely shared space. Yeah, yeah. There is like 
Indigenous people and non-Indigenous people using the space together, mm. um, which surprisingly is pretty uncommon in Alice Springs. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, supermarket, like the Kmart, like everyone, that's kind of the same. But mm. in terms mm. of like where I go out for dinner or um, the social activities I take part in or the community events, often it doesn't feel very shared. Mm. And the library is one of those places where it is a really shared space. Oh, um, and to hear that. Um, now, I have to say that I know that eventually they'll bloody do something to make us have to pay for the library. It, they'll come after it. And it makes me very sad. And if that should happen, I think I shall probably definitely go to the desert and live in a little cave. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, that, that would be one way to respond to it, wouldn't it? It would be. I don't know Some if people might think that's a bit extreme. But yes, that's they might. I feel about it. Yeah. Mm. I don't even know how. One of the things I think is really interesting is the public library was always used when I did, well, when I brief, very briefly did, studied economics at university. Like mm. It's one of those examples of those public goods. Like it's really hard to see a way in which you could charge for the library. I mean, obviously, you know, we've got examples of like um, video lending businesses. So we've got examples of how it could potentially work, but I just can't imagine. Oh, no, I I think that's just heartbreaking to even conceive of a time when we wouldn't have the library. Yeah, yeah. And did you know that um, the sort of first place where there were uh, a collection of books for people to use. It was the Mechanics Institute, I think. Oh. Yeah, but I, no, I didn't it know was that. only for boys. Oh. But that was typical. Long, long, ah! No, that would have been a long, long, long time ago. Mm. And then. I think, yeah. and please, I think that was the case. Or well, maybe I'm just assuming. But, I, I mean, historically there was always a lot of, um, like, pay-for-use lending libraries. And the idea of, I think, the public free library is relatively new, but maybe in the last, like, 150 years. Obviously, in Australia, that's... Yeah, I can remember, actually, when I was a kid growing up in Auckland, there was a place down in our local shops where you could go. It wasn't the library but it was a place chock-a-block full of books and you could go and borrow them for a minute. Like I could go in there as a kid and mm. grab a couple of books and it was a minute cost, minute cost. I think, I think Beck was involved in some kind of paid lending library in, in Melbourne, but I, I can't remember exactly. But just to finish on, mm. so there is a National and State Libraries Australasia group yeah um which keeps track of you know all these amazing places and i just wanted to give you some figures about uh the public library situation in australia yeah 1631 public library service points so i'm assuming that means anywhere you can go to access library services so that probably includes like um you know the mobile library and all different kinds of iterations that's in Australia. 1,631. Yes. 
there was 114 million visits uh, last year. Yeah. And 8.2 million registered library members. Oh. Hey, that's which is about a group. Yeah, that's about a third of the population. But I was interested in thinking, like, I don't know how it works. I'm a member of three libraries. So if Are I you just being greedy times, now? Well, because I don't know. Can you cancel your library membership? Everywhere I move to, I become a member of the library. Yeah. Actually, no four. No five. <laughs> I never left the Mornington Peninsula Library, so I'm a member of five libraries. So if you're counting people five times, then 8.2 million might not be very many. So to end on, because we need to finish this right now because we're going over time. Yep. I would say, would you agree with me, the message from this podcast would be to go and visit your local library. Oh, definitely. You will just get such a wonderful surprise and have such a pleasant experience. And if Great. one time you just want to go somewhere to sit and you don't want to have a cup of coffee, go and sit in your library. Good point. Mm. It's hard to find a public like a public comfortable space sometimes that you just sit and rest yes and people aren't wanting to move you on I mean yes. I could think if you were incredibly smelly or something but I've never seen them ask anyone to move on yeah no they're a great they're a great community resource they okay we'll have to wrap it up there okay then okay thanks for joining me thank you for asking me bye see ya bye yeah, bye